Welcome to the Asian Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Meghla Bhardwaj, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Chinese New Year and the impact that all of the Chinese New Year holidays have on your supply chain. And to talk about this, I have with me Francois Jeffrey from Noviland. Hi, Francois. How are you doing? Hi, Meghla. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us on the show over here, Francois. So we've been connected for quite a few years and we've been following each other on LinkedIn and Facebook. Yes. So yeah, it's really good that we get, we're getting an opportunity to talk now. So uh, Francois, before we get into the topic for today, do you want to maybe give a little bit of background and tell people about uh, your experience in the sourcing industry and specifically how you help Amazon and e-commerce sellers? Yeah, definitely. So I, my background is in industrial engineering, which is essentially just the business side of engineering. And that's all supply chain. Is. <laughs> um, and so I was uh, part of the founding five uh, at Noviland here. And so I've been doing sourcing and logistics uh, and overall supply chain day in and day out for about the past five years, a little bit over five years. Um, primarily in China too, exclusively in China actually. So we do have another office in Vietnam. Um, but particularly with China, because it's one of the largest hubs for manufacturing. Uh, so in regards to Amazon sellers, we didn't actually start with Amazon sellers. We started with medium to large size businesses, as, as every startup wants to do. Um, and we kind of just bled into it. Uh, the main reason being they had the biggest need, uh, especially when it comes to sourcing and purchasing and um, you know, the risk curve that really comes with it. Um, and we really wanted to mitigate that as much as possible. So we work with them for the entire end-to-end -end sourcing, purchasing, logistics, uh, factory finding, uh, an overall sourcing company to deliver it to their final destination, whether it's a 3PL, whether it's an FBA location, um, that, that's sort of what it is we do. Right. Okay, so let's talk about the situation in China currently, you know, with COVID. So, of course, there was um, a couple of months ago, there was a lockdown and um, there was, uh, you know, not much product coming out of China, especially earlier this year during, um, you know, right after Chinese New Year. But um, overall, supply chains are kind of back to normal in China but what are you seeing on the ground in terms of the impact of COVID uh, and the lockdowns that were there earlier this year? Yeah, so like you said, um, it is definitely starting to normalize again uh, in regards to just operations. But one thing that we definitely have been seeing, and I'm not sure if you've been seeing it also, but factories are asking for larger MOQs. Um, and they look to be working with more established businesses or at least more well put together designs. So not really approaching them with just the concept where they can allocate some engineering resources, they could help you develop your product, um, but really looking for a well put together RFQ that has uh, an RFQ being request for quote, um, that has all the engineering drawings, that has a firm capital behind it. Uh, and so we have seen that shift where we do work with medium to large size factories primarily. And it went from about three to $5,000 on average for the initial orders that they wanted to take on to about five to $8,000. Um, and when, you know, surveying them and asking them why, it's really because they don't want to spend too much time on a lot of the smaller orders that they could have before, they want to try to capitalize on the time that they lost uh, due to COVID. 
Um, so that seems to be the largest um, impact that we've seen. Now, of course, there's still a heavy focus on PPE, especially nitro gloves, because there's a shortage right now. Um, so everyone and their moms are looking for nitro gloves <laughs> for the place. Uh, and, and that's a hard, you know, uh, business to really get into because trade agents tend to have that pretty lockdown. Um, they have cash in hand. They're not looking for a letter of credit transactions. Um, but the last thing I really wanted to point out with, particularly with COVID, uh, is that it really opened the door to other countries uh, like India and, and Bangladesh and Vietnam. Um, so we are seeing a lot of our users even asking for these other countries and, and trying to get out of China, which has, of course, lowered the demand for manufacturers. Lower demand from those manufacturers means they'll stop producing certain products. They want larger orders from their current clients. Um, the trucking industry in China took a huge hit. Logistics obviously took a huge hit. And that's why we're seeing such high prices right now. Um, that, that, that's something else we could definitely get into uh, uh, later on. But th those are a few of the, the impacts, I would say, that uh, China felt when it came to COVID. Right. And what about the fact that, you know, a lot of the buyers, uh, especially retailers and, uh, you know, companies that have brick and mortar stores, they are actually not placing, you know, large orders. And of course, there must be an impact on the overall, you know, quantity that these importers are uh, sourcing from China or, or anywhere now. Um, are, are you seeing that that is affecting factories in China, for example, are there, you know, the smaller factories kind of consolidating or, you know, having to um, cl close shop entirely? Yes. Yeah. So I think, um, and it's something I, I definitely wanted to get into, we can get into now, is yeah. that Chinese New Year is going to be a time where we see a lot of M&As, so uh, mergers and acquisitions uh, between factories. Uh, the smaller ones are definitely going to consolidate. They might even buy out some machinery from some of the larger factories. Um, that just want to discontinue certain lines of products. Uh, but overall, I think this upcoming February is going to be a huge time where we're going to see a tremendous amount of factories just getting into bit better groups, into leaning on the trade agents and sourcing agents that they typically work with to try to push more orders. Um, and so consolidation 100%. Uh, they, they will be trying to work with more complementary services, more complementary products, uh, build up their offerings even more. And, and I think that's going to be done through mergers and acquisitions. Right. So let's talk about Chinese New Year specifically. So for our audiences who are not really aware of Chinese New Year and what happens during this time, do you want to kind of give a, you know, overview of, uh, um, you know, how long the holidays are, when do they start, and just kind of paint a picture of what happens during Chinese New Year. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, if you're not from China, this is, it's mind-blowing. When I first heard about it, it, it was mind-blowing to me. Billions of, of uh, travel bookings, whether it's through train, whether it's through flights, and who knows how COVID is going to affect all this travel. Um, but Chinese New Year starts on February 12th. And it lasts for about a week. Um, but that doesn't mean that the supply chain is only impacted for that week. Um, factories tend to close down about two weeks in advance, sometimes three weeks in advance, just depending on how far the workers have to travel. Um, and even before that, they're feeling the impact 
I would say starting even now because of holidays, because of um, the production output that, that companies are really leaning on them for. Um, and so whether it comes to manufacturing, whether it comes to logistics, logistics is also heavily impacted during Chinese New Year. Um, about four months in advance, we're going to start seeing huge general rate increases. Uh, but got off topic, going back to Chinese New Year, <laughs> it's a time where uh, everyone in China can go back and visit their families. And they can sort of consolidate, you know, hey, we've been working these crazy hours, six days a week at these factories. We get to stay home and relax. And that's why they do take so much time off. Uh, it's also a time for them to decide, am I going to go back to this factory to work? Um, so factories are uh, that their management are considering pay increases or just bigger incentives. Um, and so the factory workers will look at the factories and see, okay, this factory has a huge backlog of orders right before Chinese New Year. That means I'm going to have a bigger opportunity to work more overtime. And if I can work more overtime, I can make more money once I get back. Uh, so that's going to be part of their decision process uh, as to whether they want to return to that factory or not. Now, um, one more thing on Chinese New Year, and particularly with COVID and how I think it's going to be impacted, is that I think uh, just even personally, I've seen COVID bring a lot of families together and people want to be closer to their parents. They want to be closer to their just everyday family and friends. So I think when they do go back for Chinese New Year, we will see a higher turnover rate for factory workers um, from those factories that have to be traveled much further uh, than, you know, in their local region. And so realistically, you know, we, we have spoken to a ton of factories on this. We're seeing anywhere between 10 and 30% of typical turnover year over year. Um, I think it'll be upwards of, of 30 to 50. Uh, and that's, you know, uh, that's my personal opinion. So I, it's going to be dragged out. Obviously, once factories get back, they have to hire new employees. Um, they have to pick back up on production. They have to train them. Um, and so it's going to be hard to place orders right after Chinese New Year and right before Chinese New Year. Um, and so that went a little bit more in depth than, than it probably should have, but, but that's sort of a general oversight as to how I see Chinese New Year uh, at the very least. Right. And so, um, yeah, also just to mention that, you know, Chinese New Year, uh, the date varies or it changes every year. It so does. 2021, it's going to be on uh, t uh, 12th of February. And, um, so what about Q4 and what's happening now? Like all of the, specifically Amazon sellers, they, and, and others too, I mean, they're rushing orders for Q4. And I think specifically for e-commerce, it's supposed, uh, it's expected to be a very huge Q4. There's going to be a lot of demand for online, um, uh, for, for products online on e-commerce websites like you know, Amazon. So what is happening right now in terms of you know, the rush of orders for Q4, and then how does all of that um, affect orders that are to be placed, you know, in, in Q1 during Chinese New Year? Yeah, so we have, uh, you know, we have Prime Day, which is creeping up and Amazon still hasn't released a date yet, of course, yeah. they're, they're holding that tight to the chest. Um, we have Black Friday, we have Cyber Monday, we have Christmas. Um, and then we also have, you know, obviously, 
Diwali, we have Kwanzaa, we have Hanukkah. These are all gift giving and gift buying times, right? Where every consumer, especially in the US because we love to spend money, every consumer is, is looking to, to these websites like Amazon uh, to really make as many purchases as possible. So what that means is every importer is focused on getting inventory in for these dates, whether it's for Black Friday and Cyber Monday, which you know, Amazon tends to have a uh, last call for, for bringing in inventory in early October, uh, or whether it's for, oh, I'm sorry, early November, or if it's for Christmas, uh, then that tends to be early December, and last year it was December 5th, for example. So with everyone rushing to place these orders, factories are seeing larger order sizes, but they have the same output, right? There's only 24 hours in a day. They only have so many machines. Um, and so with all the importers rushing to place larger orders, there's gonna be a longer production queue. And with these factories seeing this as a huge opportunity, they're also gonna be rushing to just make the, the products and they may be cutting corners, not every factory. You know, th there are factories that if you're paying them well, if you're not, you know, fighting for that extra 5% off, they will make quality products and they will be more consistent um, in their quality output. But whenever factories are obviously looking to make money because they're gonna be closed for a month, you will see a higher defect rate. Uh, and so number one thing, I know you have a great relationship with VTrust. I would reach out to VTrust or uh, reach out to whoever your QC inspector is and really talk to them about key quality indicators um, starting now, starting in August. And this is what, six months or September? September, <laughs> we're about five months out from, from Chinese New Year, but we are seeing the supply chain and even our users right now placing larger orders uh, in anticipation. Because remember, Chinese New Year comes around, you're not gonna have anything uh, shipped out to the States until at least April, May of 2021. So you wanna make sure you have inventory and, and Amazon is all about IPIs now and, and managing your inventory well. And it doesn't help that they're throttling at 200 units. Uh, <laughs> that, that has been the biggest struggle for everyone, right? Um, so make sure that you speak to your 3PL, uh, you know, uh, warehouses, make sure you have a plan with them, create your FBA and FBM listings, um, and make sure that you place those larger orders ahead of time. Uh, the sooner the better, even if that means storing it in China for a while and then shipping it as needed. Um, you don't want to wait until the last second in Q4. You, you will run into to QC issues, into timing issues, uh, into you know being put on their backlog, produced after Chinese New Year, and I've seen it so many times. Uh, so please don't wait. <laughs> I guess yeah. it's the biggest thing. Now is the time to start preparing and thinking about Q1. So you're actually placing orders for products that you will sell in January. February and even March, right? So Q1 basically, right? Yeah. I mean, I would say uh, up till April uh, to, mm -hmm. to, to be realistic. Now, of course, you don't have to place orders now for the ones that you want to sell in April. You could place those probably in November um, at the very latest. That's when a lot of factories sort of have, have their cutoff, especially for newer and smaller businesses. Um, but yeah, I would say inventory up until April because February 12th until mid-February, they're closed. And then give it about another three weeks. So now we're into March. And let's say, you know, an average of about 30 days for production. We're into April already. 
logistics now, we're into May, right? So just looking at it logically, uh, it, it, you could be looking at products in November to last you through May. Um, and you could talk to your factories about obviously storing these products there ahead of time. The biggest, biggest, biggest thing though, and I hear this every single year right after Chinese New Year, and I wish I could reach them before that, is don't pay for your products if they plan to produce it after Chinese New Year. Uh, that is one of the biggest uh, issues. Now, of course, there are factories, especially more established, medium to large size factories, they'll hold true to those orders and they will produce it. But when you're working, you know, and, and no offense to Alibaba, it's a great platform. But if you're working with suppliers that you have no clue who they are, they could be a trade agent, they could be a factory, um, particularly if you just find them on marketplaces. Be careful because when they come back from Chinese New Year, remember, we're, we are going to probably be seeing more mergers and acquisitions. Factories decide on which products they want to continue making based on the demand right before Chinese New Year. And there are a ton of fly-by-night trade agents, fly-by-night factories even. Like you mentioned earlier, the smaller ones may be closing down all around. Uh, and, and those instances, I mean, good luck trying to track them down. It's, it's going to be nearly impossible. <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's also talk about quality issues. And quality issues can arise, you know, before, during, and even after Chinese New Year. So after they're back and they restart production. So first of all, why do these quality issues arise? And what are some ways that uh, suppliers cut corners? Yeah, great question. Um, so the first way that they cut corners is always quality inspections. So rather than QC, it's QA. Quality assurance is quality control measures throughout production. So let's say we are making this phone case, right? And they, every step of the way, they're making this hardback, they're making this you know, soft silicone side. Once they make both of them, they might make sure that they both fit in perfectly together before going on mass production run they may skip that step. Could be that they typically inspect every 10 of them to make sure that they are being produced well, they'll skip that step. They'll also be hiring a lot of new labor to try to keep up with the demand and paying overtime to a lot of their current employees. Biggest upside to overtime is that they get paid. The biggest downside is that they are tired typically. And so as they're producing, it's just natural, right? They're, they're gonna get tired they're going to focus less on quality. They're going to be focusing more on how many can I pump out because that's where the incentives come in. The factory might say, Hey, you usually produce about 400 per day, but if you produce 800, we'll pay you this much extra. So their focus isn't, Hey, I need to produce this at a 95% confidence level. It's I need to produce 800 units period. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, whatever comes from that comes from that. Um, now another part to it, particularly right before Chinese New Year, is that factories will start actually subcontracting out a lot of projects to smaller factories. Um, and so, of course, those factories don't have the actual experience of producing this product, uh, this exact product, at least, in the past. They don't understand the quality measures that you're looking for. Their job is just, hey, produce this product. We need to get it out before Chinese New Year. So, to sort of mitigate a lot of these issues is one, have an open conversation with your factory. 
Uh, just be very honest, tell them exactly what it is you're looking for in quality levels, tell them how your QC inspector is gonna be inspecting it also. And that could be done through key quality indicators. So when you receive your sample or if you have your own product, try to break it. I mean, try to figure out how is a real consumer gonna be using this and what can go wrong. You know, if it's clothing, check the threading on it, check to make sure that there's no loose pieces, that if you tear, try to pull the sleeve down, it doesn't come apart immediately. Um, and, and these seem very obvious, right? Uh, but to the factory, it might not be top of mind at that time. So you do wanna list all these out very clearly and tell them ahead of time. If you could include it in your purchase order, let them know, hey, I'm not gonna accept more than a 5% defect rate. And these are the things that I would consider defective. Um, so obviously check to see what quality uh, control measures your QC inspector is having too. Um, and that way you know what their AQL is, you know, hey, I'm producing a thousand units. I know that they're gonna inspect, let's say just for the sake of it, 120 units. Uh, and this is what I really need them to, to, to look at. Um, so be open with your, with your supplier about what it is you're looking for, what you will accept, what you won't accept, uh, and also be true to yourself. So saying, can I live comfortably if it has this sort of defect? And it could be, you know, your logo positioning is slightly off, but it's still there. Um, and it's not, you know, scratched up or anything, but it's just slightly off, maybe by a centimeter, let's say. If you can accept that and live with that, and you think your um, customer is going to be okay with that, let it go. At the end of the day, they are still trying to, you know, make all these products for you. You can also give them uh, an incentive uh, to, to really do this. Say, hey, I will pay 5% extra, but I really don't want any, you know, defective or non-conforming products. Um, so communication, uh, laying it out with key quality indicators, you can pay them extra. Uh, order ahead of time, like we said a few times now, that's, that's definitely key. Uh, ordering the sooner the better. Um, so those are a few tips. Uh, and we do have blogs that are consistently going to be coming out every month and, and releasing more tips along the way too. Right. Also, a lot of the Amazon e-commerce sellers, they typically just do one inspection, which is the pre-shipment inspection. So I think mm. another thing that uh, you know, people could consider is maybe do a during production inspection as well, just to make sure that um, you know, things are, uh, are kind of moving, moving along well. So that's something else to consider for sure. Um, okay, and then after Chinese New Year, there are still quality issues. And one of the reasons for that, again, is they're rushing orders, but also as you, you know, previously mentioned, uh, there's a lot of turnover. So workers are, you know, changing factories and maybe they don't want to work on the, in the current factory. They're looking for better wages. And uh, some of them may, uh, may be able to find work near their hometowns, right? And so they stay back and they don't want to come to the bigger cities. Uh, they want to be close to their, to their families. So, um, what sort of issues arise because of that? And what specific types of products are impacted more than others when there is, uh, you know, this sort of a, a turnover? Yeah, yeah. So th to that last point, factories aren't magically going to pop up closer to their to their hometowns. Yeah. That's what some I, I get that question a lot. Why do they choose? But it's because China is pushing off of the coastlines and moving more manufacturing right. uh, west. Yeah. And so they do have those new opportunities there. Um, 
but in regards to the quality issues themselves, obviously that turnover, they do have a sort of a learning curve as they start to produce these new products, right? So where they might have been making textiles before and now they are in, I don't know, plastic injection molding, something they've never done before, uh, but they might say that they have. They might tell the factory management that they have or it might be a close family friend uh, that helped them get the job. And so you will see a higher defect rate. Again, you could use all the same tips from pre-Chinese uh, pre New Year, post-Chinese New Year. Um, but again, they're also subcontracting some of that work out. And I'm sorry, I missed that last point that you had. Um, yeah, that which was industries? my point. Like, yeah, which specific oh, yeah. <laughs> industry? So, you know, like electronics versus textiles. Yes, yeah. So you hit the nail on the head the first time. Electronics, I would yeah. say, is uh, it's already a very difficult industry to get right with limited nonconformities. Um, I would say it's even more so right after Chinese New Year uh, because a lot of factories, this holds true for electronics, but also every other industry, they are going to be paying back a lot of their suppliers, uh, their raw material suppliers, you know, more upstream. So they're going to be paying them back, but they also might be changing material suppliers and, you know, component suppliers. Uh, and whenever there is this change, they might not be upfront with you about it. So I would recommend actually getting another sample produced um, and having that be the new golden sample, I guess, uh, is what you can call it. And every Chinese New Year doing this and repeating it to your factory. Um, obviously, if you're doing business with them already, they'll be open to it. It'll just help build a stronger relationship. And you can tell them, hey, this is really just to, just to make sure everything is on par. You're going to want to recheck with them for pricing, for lead times. Um, but this is more so so you can make sure that all the components, all the materials are exactly the same and that the quality output is going to be exactly the same as pre-Chinese New Year. You'll find sometimes that it's not. And in that case, it's just a conversation that you have to have uh, with your supplier. Right. So what sort of impact do you see on logistics? So logistics took a huge hit this year, uh, obviously because of COVID, because no factories mean nothing is being produced. Nothing being produced means nothing is being shipped. Um, and obviously with the market uh, changes and, and, and limited consumer confidence, uh, everything has been flipped on its head. So first of all, nothing could be predicted. Uh, but I do think that prices are going to continue to increase uh, month over month until we get to Chinese New Year. And we've already seen a huge increase because of these general rate increases is what they call them. Um, and are you specifically means, talking about air freight or sea freight or both? Or I, I would say both. Um, okay. Now, air freight obviously was impacted by COVID because they had to ground a lot of those um, larger uh, planes that, that did carry passengers, but they had a huge underbelly that carried the vast majority of express air freight. And so those prices are going to continue going up with less people traveling to and from China. Um, but for ocean freight, this time last year, uh, you know, we spoke to a few of freight forwarders. This time last year, prices were about sixteen to eighteen hundred dollars for a forty-foot container going from Shanghai to Long Beach, right? Just port to port, and now they're over four thousand dollars. So I, I mean, it's 
not going to go down first of all, because demand is going to continue rising. Um, so it's only going to get more expensive from here month over month, especially for ocean freight. Timing is going to increase with the ports being more congested because larger orders, more containers. Uh, what that also means is that there's going to be more rolled cargo, hopefully less blank sailings because the shipping carriers uh, are going to notice that, hey, this demand isn't going down. Hopefully the general rate increases don't go too high um, because they do see that it's a steady uh, supply and demand. Uh, you know, they, they really look for that peak where they can just keep a consistent pricing throughout. Um, and they'll raise the prices if there's too much demand to decentivize some people from shipping. Um, but also since those ports are really congested, you will see more rolled cargo. So if you're booking typically two weeks in advance, I would say push it to at least three to four weeks mm -hmm. and check with your freight forwarder. Prices are probably going to change in those three or four weeks. So be ready for those. Um, because the swap market is crazy and it really depends if you're shipping LCL, you might not see a huge increase in those prices. Maybe, you know, $100, $200, depending on how much LCO you have. If you're doing a full container load, you are 100% going to feel those impacts. Um, so you will see it probably go upwards of five, $6,000 going to the West Coast. Uh, I, I don't imagine it would be less than that. Um, now, the biggest tip I can give everyone is to not go with the cheapest one that you find. It's never a good idea. It's not a good idea in manufacturing. It's not a good idea in, in logistics. Going with the cheapest one, you'll be the first one to be rolled. Um, your freight forwarder typically is gonna have one of the, the last containers that's gonna be loaded onto that vessel. Uh, it's usually jam-packed in with a ton of other products in a, in a container, gets stateside, and then they start deconsolidating them. Um, which of course can lead to quality issues if they bang them around. Um, so I would suggest not going with the cheapest freight forwarder, maybe something more mid-market um, because those costs typically come out of somewhere. It could be the freight forwarder. Uh, if you're doing FOB terms with your supplier, your freight forwarder is probably charging them an enormous amount for the exporting documentation, for example. It's not a price you see, but it's a price they take away from you. They charge your supplier. Um, and in those cases, your supplier's probably going to turn around and charge the same thing to you. Uh, the, the money do, doesn't just you know, disappear from there. So when it comes to logistics, it's going to be crazy. Prices are going to be high. Place orders sooner rather than later. Um, obviously, work with your 3PL warehouses. See where you can ship them to early on. Um, but yeah, don't wait until December, January. It's going to be a mess. Uh, it's going to be a tremendous mess. And you might not see your products be shipped until after Chinese New Year. Uh, so November, December, I would say that is, th those are the cutoff months to, to really get your products uh, out of China. Cool. So that was really good advice. Now, um, maybe just to summarize uh, all of this for everybody, uh, can you... Um, you know, maybe give some pointers or tips or advice on people uh, to people and how to move forward and, you know, what, what are the next steps? Yeah. So number one, communication, communication is key. Talk to your suppliers, tell them your plans, have a forecast ready. Even if you're a new seller, I would try to at least expect one and a half times your inventory for the holidays, if you can get it in before your holidays. Um, but talking to them ahead of time is important. Same thing for your freight forwarders. 
let them know your shipping plans. They can typically help plan out your routes a little bit better. So whether it's easier to go to California and then take a train all the way to the East Coast, or if it is just easier to go to Florida or you know South Carolina or Georgia uh, with that vessel. Uh, communication is key there. Next thing is quality. Uh, 100% pay more attention to the quality of your product. You're going to impact your, uh, your seller score. You're going to impact the reviews that you get back. Uh, obviously, right. Uh, everything lives on reviews in Amazon nowadays. Right. So paying attention to quality and paying, you know, a little bit extra for your products at this time is not unheard of. So I would propose that to your factory. Um, you know, if that cuts into your margins a little bit, right now is not the key time to focus on margins. It's time to focus on volume. And if you can get a higher volume with higher quality products, hopefully you get more sales, you get more reviews, and then you establish yourself for 2021. Um, last thing is, is pricing. Uh, I would say, and this is really key, and it kind of bleeds into what I just talked about too don't push for cheaper pricing, whether it's your freight forwarders, whether it's your manufacturer right now, at least, because they are going to have other buyers that aren't pushing for cheaper, uh, cheaper prices. And if they're not pushing for cheaper prices, they're going to prioritize their orders first, obviously. Um, so communication, quality, pricing, placing your orders earlier. So timing is definitely the last thing I, I think I want to mention here. The earlier, the better, the earlier, the better, the earlier, the better. <laughs> <laughs> Always try to place it, you know, before October at the very latest by November. Uh, because even if your production time is typically about, let's say, seven to 14 days, if you get put in that production queue and you keep getting bumped back because bigger and more established businesses are placing orders, you're not going to see that product before Chinese New Year. And that's just going to hurt you tremendously. So don't wait until the last second. Uh, place your orders soon and communicate with your suppliers and everything should be good. Awesome. That is a great advice, Francois. Um, okay, cool. So do you want to tell people how they can find you? And maybe if you want to, you know, uh, tell us more about your services as well. So you did say that you're a, uh, would you say you're a sourcing agency? So we're not a sourcing agency. A sourcing mm -hmm. agency, they do have their established network of factories, but they'll also take your project and look for other factories outside of their network. Um, they'll try to pair you along with them. And typically you have a more open communication with that factory. Sometimes you pay them ahead of time. Sometimes they will tack on a price to the FOB cost. Sometimes they'll make money on both sides from the factory and from the, from the, from the buyer, yeah. right? Which isn't always the best scenario. It's not always in yeah, the buyer's best interest, but I know a lot of your sourcing agents, they are very high quality. I've gotten great recommendations actually from a few of them. Um, and so we're a sourcing company that doesn't break outside of its factory network. And we handle the full end to end in regards to you bring us your request for a quote detailed. We always ask for as many details on the project as possible, budget, target pricing, materials, you know, CAD drawings, whatever you can provide, we will ask for. Um, from there, we will reach out to our network of factories. We'll pair them with the best suited factories. Um, so it's not just a factory that could make this mug. It's a factory that 
has been making this mug for 10 years. They have the right processes. They have quality assurance measures in place. Um, they're an established factory. It's not just a trade agency or a you know, smaller fly-by-night factory. Um, so we try to mitigate a lot of those risks out. So we bring our users quotes. We help them consolidate samples, ship those off um, to wherever they want them shipped off to. And then they could place orders right in our platform, uh, give us a key quality indicators, and they have an ent entire team that actually works with them. So they have a US-based account manager, they have a product specialist and factory specialist, they have a logistics manager that oversees the freight, obviously, and a quality control inspector. So everyone sort of has their specialties. Uh, whereas a sourcing agent, they typically have one person that oversees all of it, right? And it could bring some complications to the supply chain. Um, every, you know, every person only has so much bandwidth. So, and they only have so much experience, right? Whether it's logistics, whether it's uh, this type of product, that type of product, importing, exporting, uh, the entire, entire process itself. So we do cover this entire width of, of supply chain from concept, uh, I'm sorry, not through concept, through quotes all the way to quality control inspection and delivery to the final destination, uh, wherever that may be. FBA locations, 3PLs, uh, even to your residential address, which a lot of sellers tend to do. Uh, obviously this project's their baby, right? So they wanna see it live mm -hmm. and make sure that it's quality. So wherever the place may be, we handle logistics there. Uh, it's, it's quite literally, give us your request, get a quote, accept it. We handle the entire process from there for you. Uh, documentation, customs clearance, uh, quality control inspections, all of that too. Right. So and do then, you focus on specific product categories or can you do any product? So not every product category is strong in China. Right. So India has a lot of advantages, lower MOQs typically. They're sometimes higher quality. I would say a lot of times higher quality textiles, um, more handmade goods are definitely stronger in India. Uh, but the vast majority of, consumer goods, I would say, could be produced in China as long as you have high enough of an MOQ um, or of a quantity that you're looking for. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, we are seeing our factories typically choose projects between five and $8,000. Um, and so if your project falls between that, then we can typically work with you. Um, but if you know our factories willing to take on a $2,000 project, we'll take that project on too. Um, but I guess to, to go back to the categories, it's really anything on Amazon. Uh, obviously, like I said, India has a lot of strong suits. I know you have a lot of content on what's stronger in India as opposed to China. So uh, I would love to actually get more of that information up on our site if you, if you want to, uh, to share any more information on, on where India would be stronger than China. Um, I think that would be great too. Right. Um, yeah, and, and the reason I asked this question was because you said that you have a network of factories mm -hmm. and you usually don't go beyond that network of factories. So, yeah, that's what I was wondering. I mean, do you have factories that make, you know, all sorts of products um, in, in your network? Yeah, so we have over 4,000 factories in our network right now, okay. um, all being medium to large size factories. Right. And we have tried to cover every single category, no matter what it is. Um, and typically any project that is sizable enough for them to take on, they will take on. Everyone has their specialties, of course. 
Um, textiles, not the strongest. I do recommend India to a lot of our users uh, for a lot of the textiles and, and handmade goods. Um, but if it's, uh, yeah, like I said, just about anything else that, that you would sell on Amazon, to put it into perspective, we've done everything from puzzles and reusable straws through fully automated garages. Uh, like I'm talking, the ones that, uh, you know, bring up and down the cars and, and the valet services use them. Um, and we started in building materials uh, and we just sort of expanded from there because of the Amazon demand. Uh, so we looked at a lot of the top categories, obviously. We looked at, hey, what sort of networks do we really have to have in our factories? Uh, and from there, it just went from a few dozen factories uh, about six years ago to over 4,000 now. Um, so by no means does that mean we can make every single product, but if you bring us the request, we will check to make sure we have a factory for you. And if we don't, we're not gonna lie to you. We'll tell you very straight up, hey, we don't have someone that can take on your project. Uh, there's no point in wasting anyone's time here either. Right, awesome. Okay, Francois, so what is the best way for people to reach out to you? Yeah, I would say first is signing up to noviland.com. Top right corner says start sourcing. Click on that and then sign up for an account. It takes 30 seconds, completely free, no subscription model, no upfront payments for requests, anything like that. Um, and if you do that, you are guaranteed a phone call with me at least 15 to 30 minutes for every single one of our users. So I have done thousands of phone calls <laughs> uh, because of our users and uh, I love it. I, I will educate every single one of them on whatever it is they, they actually need to know. So that's the first thing that I would do. But secondly, also follow us on Instagram. So Noviland Inc, uh, I, so just Noviland Inc. Uh, we're gonna be posting a lot of our content there uh, as well as on Facebook. So if you just search Noviland on Facebook, we'll pop up follow us. You'll get notifications for the blogs that we release, Chinese New Year specific, um, uh, holiday manufacturing specific, and uh, just tips and tricks in general. Uh, so follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, uh, and definitely sign up for an account. Like I said, it's free. If you don't want to use this right now, perfectly fine. You might have a supplier. We can take care of logistics for you if you want. Um, but yeah, just searching Noviland in Google, you will find uh, obviously reviews, you'll find all of our social medias um, and we'll be posting all of our content there. Right, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Francois, for your time today and for sharing all of this information. I'm sure our listeners would have found it um, very helpful. Okay, uh, thank you very thank much. You, yep, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye -bye. Talk to you soon.